0: What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way
1: to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. 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 Welcome, listener, to the 76th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Neo-Nazis in 2020 America episode. As always, we are your hosts, Julian Fields. And Travis View. This week, we are checking in with the Neo-Nazis operating in America today. How are they doing? How well hey. they're
2: they're they're you know <laughs> good no well they're they're peeved as they usually are a fun, L- little uh, <laughs> modern nazis yeah they're and pissed they're, they're pissed they're not happy
1: people nazis very mad online very mad. they're the maddest online a fun task for which we've enlisted the help of molly conger an anti-fascist activist and community reporter based in charlottesville Virginia. Some of you probably know her as Socialist Dog Mom on Twitter. She has two fantastic sausage dogs, if I may say so myself. Before we speak to her, the podcast will be exploring The Base, a contemporary neo-Nazi network whose leader was publicly identified very recently. Unsurprisingly, the guy who went by Norman Spear and Roman Wolf online was in fact just another Fredo called Rinaldo Nazaro, so we will be doing anti-Italian-American tropes at him, and that's because Jake is not here, so we can't do Jewish tropes at Jake. So, uh, what are we supposed to do?
2: So, we have to find some other, yeah, uh, non-Western Europeans. Yeah. To, if you to-
1: <laughs> if you look at the history of the Italians, they've really, uh, really suffered greatly. People dislike them greatly. But before all that,
2: QAnon news. First up, I have a QAnon YouTuber Jordan Sather spreads misinformation about the coronavirus outbreak. There goes our boy. I know, god, he's 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 special. I wouldn't mind Jordan Sather so much if he just stuck with like the space cadet shit, aliens yeah. whatever. Once he starts getting into like the health shit, the bleach drinking, That's dangerous, you know,
1: I wouldn't mind him if he was like driving on the highway and like a little tiny piece of uh, a rock would fly up from the back of a Mack truck and somehow get through his vent system and then go through like just the center of his face. Don't want that. Don't want that. Don't want that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But if that happened. (laughs) So uh, the background of the story is that a newly identified coronavirus has been spreading in China and now has reached several other countries. As of this recording, there have been 1,975 reported individuals in China who have been infected with the virus. This has led to a total of 56 reported deaths. Uh, All but three were outside the city of Wuhan, where the virus originated. So this is certainly a public health emergency within China. But so far, the World Health Organization has declined to declare it a world health emergency, citing the lack of evidence of human to human transmission outside of china Mm. in a string of tweets jordan sather spun a deeply confused and
1: false conspiracy theory that insinuated that the spread of the disease was planned the new fad disease called the quote coronavirus is sweeping headlines funnily enough there was a patent for the coronavirus was filed in 2015 and granted in 2018 this assignee of this patent was the government funded peer bright institute out of the uk And would you look at that? Some of their major funders are the World Health Organization and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Was the release of this disease planned? Is the media being used to incite fear around it? Is the cabal desperate for money so they're tapping their big pharma reserves? (laughs) Are their vaccines already being manufactured to, quote, fight this? coordinated all along question mark it seems like it's a cue drop
2: yeah it is is. it's like just asking questions and as always like the cabal is always all powerful and also desperate and weak and on the ropes that's right saithers conspiracy references a 2015 patent filed by the Pierbright bright institute in surrey england uh one of the many problems is that the patent was for the development of a vaccine to prevent respiratory diseases in birds not humans Uh, Coronavirus refers to a family of viruses, which include the common cold. So uh, this particular virus that's uh, causing this outbreak has never been seen before. So it's being called uh, 2019 NCOV, or Novel Coronavirus. So no, despite the thousands of retweets Sather got for his misinformation, he is wrong. And there was not a patent filed for the coronavirus. And there's no evidence to suggest that this outbreak was planned or anything like that
1: have we considered that say there is a bird
2: i well this is possible because that would possible. make the news pretty dramatic a, for his species right, a spiritual bird maybe i don't know <laughs> of course we also have new q drops this week and uh, after a log absence after weeks of silence finally we've got some fresh material yeah. to work with
1: yeah jake is so excited he couldn't attend
2: could, could attend <laughs> to celebrate with us yeah we don't let him on when it's just going to be one continual screech so uh one q drop just consisted just of a link to the wikipedia page for state funerals <laughs> that's just just it just, just just a link is says q
1: so merriam but, webster defines treason as <laughs>
2: i know it's so fucking lazy, lazy fuck so this got the qanon community very excited because they thought that q was predicting some sort of high profile death for example one qanon follower tweeted this
0: hmm. state funerals you say Is something about to be memorialized? Ginsburg? Carter? Someone unexpected? Guess we should watch the news, eh? Hashtag TikTok. Hashtag QAnon.
2: So... Obviously, Q-linking to uh, the Wikipedia page is a pretty basic, Nostradamus-style, vague prediction. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, because I've seen it over and over again. Do So uh, what's going to happen is that there's going to be a state funeral in 2020 yeah. this year. And the reason I know that is that there is a state funeral... Every year, in 2019, there was a state funeral for uh, Congressman Elijah Cummings. Right. In 2018, there were state funerals for John McCain and George Bush. Yeah, in uh, 2017, Russia had a state funeral for their uh, Lieutenant General Valerie Asparov. And remember, Q didn't specify that there was going to be a state funeral in the United States because Q didn't specify anything at all. That's the sort of the, the trick to making these vague predictions. You keep them as open ended as possible. This
1: tells me that even when Q is right, you don't give him the credit no because Q How is he supposed because to there's no
2: being right you
1: <laughs> because predictions have to be
2: concrete and specific you know Q never does that <laughs> well you you think they
1: should be but I don't think they have to be Travis. they have to be if you <laughs> no. want to count them as predictions. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't cold know reading bullshit <laughs> again so semantics you could just define it as a prediction done
2: <laughs> <laughs> so here's what's going to happen so sometime in the future uh, after there's inevitably some sort of news event involving a state funeral, Q-Lan followers. Will point to that Q drop and baselessly claim that Anons knew what was going to happen all along. When in reality, they knew nothing. This is why, like QAnon, is like per- addictive to some people. Like yeah. they, they, it gives them like the feeling of having insider knowledge or being connected to someone who has insider knowledge, yeah. despite the fact that all they're doing is, this, is falling for the same kind of like cold reading tricks that like a tarot card reader uses. It, owned. Um, Oh yeah, uh, by the way, I also want to mention that uh, the QAnon community also reacted to the brand uh, Planters Peanuts announcing that their mascot, Mr. Peanut has
1: died. It's very sad. It is very sad when brand mascots die. It's incredible that that, uh, Tony the Tiger choked him to death. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
2: So they thought that uh, Mr. Peanut was really a secret message about the (laughs) imminent death or perhaps already death of former president jimmy carter yeah
1: Here, here's what one q and on follower said q hints to a state funeral mr peanut had to die this week jimmy carter's family had a peanut growing business could this be the cabal's comms that carter is on his way out first bush senior next carter so the cabal contacted a peanut company to kill off its mascot so that they could wink to the public that they're going to actually kill jimmy carter or they're or they're the
2: cabal communicating yeah. with other there's this weird belief in the in the QAnon yeah. world that the cabal doesn't have a group dm right yeah. they they, they, yeah. they, just, they have to communicate publicly using special codes for some reason yeah
1: coincidentally every single person who believes this has once been in the hospital to remove a peanut from their ear mm. that they jammed in there <laughs>
2: In another Q drop, uh, Q repeated Trump's exchange with reporters in October of 2017 that gave rise to the phrase the storm uh, within QAnon. Here's what that Q drop says. What storm, Mr. President? You'll see, POTUS. Q. So a big problem with this is that in that exchange, Trump didn't say you'll see. Yeah during that during that, uh-huh. during that uh, uh, press conference. Trump said, you'll find out.
3: Right. What storm, Mr. President? You'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a
1: hint on, on your Thank you, everybody.
2: Okay. So I'm not saying that Q's getting lazy, but I'm saying that apparently I know Q lore better than Q does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, apparently. No, no, that's true. And it, it doesn't mean what you think it's mean. <laughs> gotcha. No, no. It re- reflects more poorly on me yes. than it does on this Q. Is not a good No. Look. All right, fine. If I'm more
2: <laughs> pandactic, excuse me, Mr. Q So this is this is all this, this project is. This is me taking my nerdy bullshit and then applying it to QAnon.
1: Yeah, yeah. Q makes low intent art and you go and you analyze it for like a whole paper.
2: <laughs> well, well, that sounds we put it like that, Julian. I sound yeah. really owned.
1: Listen, academia needs you. Right. We need more people like you.
2: Despite how dangerous QAnon can sometimes be, talking about it can be fun because it's like the wacky sort of fun house of the far right, you know. They have crazy theories, and most of most most QAnon followers are basically harmless. Yeah, and uh, it's it's fine. But uh, today I'm going to be talking about the base, which is really, really not that at all. Yeah, it's really more the dark, violent, nihilistic faction of the far right. Mm. So, just a heads up: we will be talking about murderous Nazis in this episode.
1: Damn! Uh, Everybody, stop the episode. Go watch Green Room, and then come back, and you'll be in the mood. (laughs) Right.
2: So, um, the base is a militant neo-Nazi network founded in mid-2018 by a 46-year-old man whose real name is Ronaldo Nazaro. Nazaro operated online under the pseudonyms Norman Spear and Roman Wolf, but his true name and identity were revealed just this last week by reporter Jason Wilson for The Guardian. For the past two years, Nazaro has been directing the base from Russia, where he lives with his wife. Last year, Nazaro was listed as a guest at a Russian government security exhibition in Moscow, which, quote, focused on the demonstration of results of state policy and achievements.
1: So he might be just kind of one of these organizations caught in the wider web of like Surkov's uh, fund everybody thing. Yeah. Just to cause chaos. Yeah. There's there's obviously
2: some weird geopolitics element to whatever Nazaro is doing. I don't know exactly. But yeah, it does sound like he's has some sort of international help. Yeah. Mm. Ronaldo Nazaro launched the base in an effort to unify online fascists into a network for training new soldiers because they expect a forthcoming race war. On a radio program, Nazaro once described the base as kind of like a nationalist, survivalist, LinkedIn type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great advertising for yeah. LinkedIn. huh. Mm. The base also takes the stance of being Pro-Hitler, which is... Yeah. Which is... Yeah, Yeah.
1: well, yeah. Hotly debated.
2: (laughs) On June 10th, 2018, Zaro under the name Norman
1: Spear, tweeted, Führer, you were only the beginning. We will finish what you started. It's not over yet. We carry the torch. So that... In
2: case there's any ambiguity at all what these people are about. uh, Well,
1: he thinks he's in a relay race with Hitler? I guess he's a track and field guy?
2: Well... The base subscribes to a white nationalist strategy known as accelerationism. This is rooted in the belief that the only way to establish the white ethnostate that they want is by employing any means necessary to expedite the collapse of the current system. (laughs) Accelerationist tactics include sabotaging infrastructure and acts of violence against innocent people.
1: To be clear though, accelerationism doesn't solely refer to this no right? no, like, no 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 no, no. Yeah. this is
2: uh, acceler- accelerationism has uh has yeah. different For- meanings but pretend depending upon the uh uh the context but when we're talking about white nationalists okay within the, yeah within, all right. within within we're within white nationalists the uh, uh, accelerationism basically means mm, yeah. basically uh, let's get let's get it there let's let's get let's it go. let's yeah, basically it's a spark a <laughs> civil war let's cl- let's cause chaos and destruction and ruin yeah. and from that ruin they want to basically rise up their ethnostate.
1: Helta Skelta, baby. I'd mm. be surprised if this guy's not a fucking Gladio uh, fucking holdout. <laughs> <Like just laughs> this, every time you have this amazing shit, you look in the back and you're like, oh, CIA. see, i been... Being there brenton terrett the uh, perpetrator of the moss
2: massacres that killed 50 people in new zealand subscribed to accelerationism uh, in fact in terence manifesto there is a subheader titled destabilization and accelerationism tactics for victory so th- i mean these are like the kinds of people who think that the tactics of other white supremacists or even the alt-right are weak and toothless
1: yeah these are people who are like you know Uh, Oh, Spencer. He's like, ah, he's not doing enough. Right. These are not the kind of guys who spend their time saying Antifa throws milkshakes with cement. No, no. They're way too busy planning actual cement milkshakes (laughs) if they're wrong.
2: In November of 2018, uh, Vice News reported on the base's recruitment process and online operations. Here's a section from the article headlined Neo-Nazis are organizing secretive
1: paramilitary training across America. The application form on the base website includes questions as to what neo Nazi or pro white group potential members represent and what their quote military and science and engineering training experience has been. It accepts applications with pseudonyms or aliases, but does ask for the individual's race and gender. (laughs) Yeah. Not surprising. (laughs) (laughs) A potential recruit would submit the application form via a WordPress site, which is then vetted by The Base. If accepted, the user will be invited into a chat server operated by Riot, an open source operating system used for secure messaging. Users can also be directly invited into the Riot server by an existing member. From this chat server, the recruit will be vetted once more. In The Base's private chat, users will see eight channels. A main discussion room known as Imperium... (laughs) Fuck the LARPing bastards. In addition to small dedicated channels for self-defense, books, music, activity reports, trainers, survivalism, and the user's locale. A link at the top of the library page brings users to a mega upload link filled with PDF copies of books. Within this digital archive, there are 20 sections including guerrilla warfare tactics, gunsmithing literature, survival tactics, military tradecraft, and weapons handling. So kind of like our Discord. I guess. Within those sections are downloadable manuals, some with as few as three tradecraft, and others with as many as 28 gunsmithing. Perhaps the most disturbing is the weapons section, which features manuals on how to create explosives and chemical weapons. These aren't all homemade. They've been pulled from gunsmithing magazines, military handbooks, online blogs, and so on. The source material is as varied as the subject matter.
2: The base claims an international operation which, uh, with cells and activity worldwide, uh, notably in Connecticut, Georgia, Los Angeles, Massachusetts, Michigan, Milwaukee, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, and Minnesota, as well as uh, international locations including Australia, Canada, and South Africa. Mm. Nasaro, posting under the name Norman Lear, uh, justified the base violent tactics in a gab post on June 17, 2018. It's only terrorism if we lose. If we win, we get statues of us put up in parks. In addition to uh, online propaganda, the base also attempts to attract new members through leafleting. In August 2019, recruitment flyers for the base were found throughout Winnipeg, Canada. November 2019, the New England cell of the base boasted about leafleting in uh, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Also November 2019, propaganda associated with the base was reportedly seen in downtown Phoenix. The materials read, Save Your Race, Join the Base. The base, uh, unsurprisingly, uh, also subscribes to anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and therefore specifically targets Jews. In uh, November of 2019, federal authorities arrested 18-year-old Brooklyn, New Jersey native Richard Tobin, who had ties to the base. Tobin allegedly stated that he orchestrated a multi-state vandalism campaign dubbed... Operation Kristallnacht. This is a reference to the 1938 Nazi program in Germany, which sparked a targeted effort to damage Jewish property throughout the country. According to officials, Tobin admitted to helping coordinate the targeting of two synagogues in Hancock, Michigan and Racine, Wisconsin. They were vandalized with anti-Semitic graffiti, including swastikas, other Nazi imagery, and the base logo. Which, bad opsec, I guess, unless, well obviously, I guess the goal was to intimidate, you know? Yeah. Now, more recently, in the days leading up to a January 21st, 2020 gun rights rally in Virginia, Law enforcement officials arrested seven total members of the base. Three of those men arrested in Maryland are accused of planning to open fire at the rally. An additional three are accused of planning to murder a couple in Georgia for their supposed involvement with Antifa. The seventh man was arrested for allegedly vandalizing a synagogue in Wisconsin. In December, the FBI obtained a court order allowing them to bug the residents of uh, the three suspects who allegedly planned to commit violence at the gun rally with uh, microphones and cameras. According to court documents, one of those suspects, Brian M. Lemley Jr., who is 33 years old, said this.
1: You know, we got this situation in Virginia where this is going to be that opportunity is boundless. The thing is, you've got tons of guys who are just in theory should be radicalized enough to know that all you got to do is start making things go wrong. And if Virginia can spiral out to a fucking full blown civil war. So their goal is to find, you know, hotspots. Uh, you know,
2: of, of potential conflict and then inflame them as much as possible. Nice. Uh, Lemley also talked about attaching a thermal imaging scope to his rifle to conduct ambush attacks against civilians and police officers. Court papers charged that two of those arrested, Patrick J. Matthews, 27 years old, and Lemley, used uh, gun parts to make a functioning assault rifle. After practicing with the illegal firearm on the gun range, the FBI allegedly recorded Lemley telling Matthews, oops, it looks like I accidentally made a machine gun, and noted that they would be in trouble if the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives found out about the weapon. They currently face federal gun charges. An FBI affidavit also says that they found several videos of Matthews in a gas mask where he discussed killing people in furtherance
1: of the movement. Matthews allegedly said this in the video. If you are not getting physically fit, if you are not getting armed, if you do not acquiring weapons, ammunition, and training right, now then you should be preparing to do what needs to be done. Derail some trains, kill some people, and poison some water supplies.
2: Boy, I hope no one takes these recordings of you saying these things, Julie, and puts them out of context.
1: Uh, well, I mean, no one would believe I would construct my sentences like this. I <laughs> take <is> just aesthetically. <laughs> 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 uh, sure, sure, you do these things, but you'd you phrase
2: it much more eloquently. What is this, a faux naïve? <laughs> the youngest defendant of the arrest, that's uh, William Bilbro, appeared to take pride in the base's stature as a terrorist organization allegedly making statements that compare the base favorably to Al-Qaeda. He also allegedly told uh, other base members that, quote, ISIS doesn't compare to us in the sense that we are more violent, most powerful, more effective than ISIS, which. That's right. I don't know. ISIS is. ISIS. I I don't say you got to give it to them. ISIS wishes they had our drip. The three members of the base arrested in Georgia are identified as Austin Lane, Michael Helterbrand and Jacob According to a police affidavit, the arrest came after an undercover FBI agent infiltrated the group and participated in shooting drills. The drills were being done in preparation for what they believe is an impending collapse of the United States and ensuing race war. The affidavit describes uh, a detailed plan for members of the base to kill a husband and wife explicitly because they engaged in anti-fascist activities. The affidavit claims that one unnamed uh, member of the base said, quote, any engagement in anti-fascist activity will carry the death penalty. The affidavit also says that Kaderli did that thing where they say, oh, call me a Nazi, will you? Where I... I guess I'll just be a Nazi then. And this yeah. is this is a direct quote from the affidavit.
1: You call them neo-Nazi terrorists enough, they'll eventually show you what a neo-Nazi terrorist is. Like, damn, yeah, like, <laughs> that happens to me too. It's like, just take some responsibility. Yeah. Like, I'm not. It's still bad. Yeah. but at least be like, oh, oh, you made me be a
2: Nazi terrorist. What the fuck. So the affidavit states that Lane, Kaderli, and the undercover agent drove to the couple's home in Bartow County to scope it out. After checking out the property and surrounding neighborhood, Lane suggested using a sledgehammer as a way of breaching the door, then uh, killing uh, the two people with revolvers. Lane discussed renting a cheap motel room after the killings to shower in order to remove any dead skin. Lane also suggested using Vaseline on their eyebrows and eyelashes to prevent leaving any evidence. Uh,
1: does that work? Is that a thing? Yeah, you have to also put it on your asshole. though. <laughs> gotcha. You have to, yeah, you have yourself to be completely Vaseline. Moved up. Yeah. If you're like a smooth a, and lubricated head n- to toe, a nude human-sized worm squirming your way through people's homes to murder them mm-hmm. for being uh, Antifa or Jewish or whatever—that's the only way to do real Nazism. <laughs>
2: Kaderli suggested that they should burn the house down after the murders. The three men currently face charges of conspiracy to commit murder and participating in a criminal street gang.
1: So these guys are just texting each other, hey, you want to do murders?
2: <laughs> yes. How should we do murders? Also, they also let an FBI agent into their group to, yeah. to, to, to talk about committing murders right in front of them.
1: Ah, you kind of take what you get when you're a Nazi. I guess so. Whoever believes what you believe.
2: Seemingly in response to the base's founder being doxed and the recent string of arrests, uh, the base's telegram channel changed its name to The Base is a honeypot. Whoever operates the account also posted a bunch of memes making fun of uh, the founder Nazaro, including a meme of Nazaro's face put on the "This is fine" dog, you know, with the flames all around him.
1: So the the idea is that the world's getting more Jewish, and the he, the dog's not taking any action or what? Well, I think what, I, what's the fire in I think,
2: this? I think it's more, I think it's more like the base is being, I guess, infiltrated and dismantled. You know, and, and like,
1: yeah, and he doesn't. He's not reacting.
2: He's not. He's not helping. I guess if you are Damn. so like. At this point, like the, all this, like obviously, just broke in the past like week or two. Yeah, and um, obviously, the future of the base is uncertain at this moment. But I have to imagine that for it's that the base, because it's been infiltrated by the FBI and anti-fascist organizers, yeah. um, that they, it's probably toxic to other fascists right now. They think that you know they don't they want to do their murderous planning without being uh, spied on.
1: It's cool, though, that we have to like live in fear from groups like this that are essentially, you know, like what boys do d- during that phase where they hate girls. And they're like, what's a secret club? It's going to be called The Base, Secret Handshake." And then we have yeah. to like look out because they're actually just Nazis who want to kill people now.
2: Yeah, that's not not ideal, certainly. It's, um,
1: Someone find these guys like a, a treehouse in the middle of the ocean. Right. Just yeah, exactly. Just, just
2: a no girls allowed sign. Secret yeah. secret handshake. Like a New they,
1: York New Yorker cartoon style like uh, I uh, like abandoned they go, island. They can go camping in the woods for yeah. fun. Go they, hang a fucking hammock between one tree. Yeah. Just go chill. fucking weed's
2: legal most places, man. Have you tried chill. to
1: fit yourself entirely into your toilet? Well, yeah, the bass is terrifying. It's great. I'm I'm very excited to uh, to to see their first movie. <laughs> the first album drop, whatever. Oh, yeah they're a brand as you know if they can realize they're a brand a little earlier uh, then go everyone going to jail
2: oh yeah i mean that's i mean the, yeah obviously you know modern modern nazis i think do realize they're a brand that's why they put out like the uh they put out for example photographs of themselves like wearing masks out in the woods yeah. to make them look look badass and that's stuff right because they they want these are the um these are like they really are the sort of like the larpers in the sense that they are sort of like uh, you know they're they're out in the woods like like uh you know people who you know bash each other with like foam swords and stuff that's right so um yeah yeah it's uh scary and good scary and well not good no
1: it's positive positive development these people ronaldo seems cool
2: yeah dope possible foreign agent what the fuck is this weird russia shit
1: it's all a nightmare yeah
2: i can't i yeah i'm just like yeah there's obviously some. i don't know i can't figure it out we
1: need someone who knows more about this and guess what We have just that. Oh, boy. We are joined by Molly Conger. She is an anti-fascist activist and community reporter based out of Charlottesville, Virginia. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going really good. Not too bad at all. So we wanted to talk a little bit uh, about fascists. You're... (laughs) City uh, obviously became the focus of public attention after right wing extremists held their August 2017 Unite the Right rally there. It saw the tragic murder of protester Heather Heyer, who was struck by a car driven by James Alex Fields Jr. He was found guilty of first degree murder and nine other counts in December of 2018. He is currently serving life in jail. You were in attendance that day, but before we touch on that, I'd like to begin the interview by rewinding a little bit. What first got you interested in local politics and anti fascism?
3: Yeah, I actually didn't start attending city government meetings until after Unite the Right. I you mean, know, I had a lot of questions about how that had been allowed to happen. You know, I think up up until, you know, the summer of twenty seventeen, I was just a regular person. I had a I was a program manager at a uh, small tech company. And that summer, I actually lost my job for uh, what my boss told me in my official termination per- paperwork, uh, failure to be positive at all times. So suddenly <laughs> I had a lot of free time. Uh, <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> Goddamn.
3: Yeah, it's a, it's a right to work state. Um, but, you know, I had, I had a lot of free time and I was very confused about how this had been allowed to happen. And so I started going to city council meetings and uh, just to sort of figure out what the fuck was going on in my city because I had been pretty disconnected up until that point.
1: Yeah, you cover the city council meetings pretty in depth. Is there a reason that you kind of expose that process on Twitter? Do you think people should be more involved locally?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just a millennial thing, right? You know, I started going to those meetings during a pretty turbulent time. So I started posting just about like, you know, people were being arrested, people were being dragged out of chambers by cops, people were screaming and standing on the dais and holding posters. And like, it was it was very dramatic. And so that's the kind of thing, you know, millennials post about. But as things sort of died down and got back to the business as usual, um, you know, they got back to governing a city again. It was something that I had become interested in. So I kept going and I kept posting and I'll never log off. Um, You know, it's it is weird to me that for I've spent two and a half years now essentially just live tweeting meeting minutes. And these meetings are sometimes like six, eight hours long. And tricked almost 50,000 people into reading meeting minutes. But I think it's, um, you know, the the specificity of this story, I think, is is interesting to people because it, it, it plays out in cities all over the place. And I think this is something that other people can get involved in where they live.
1: Yeah. And and guess what? You get a colorful cast of characters. I know that one of the things I love about your posts is that you find out about, for example, uh, a group of older women who dress in all green and come and sing songs.
3: <laughs> the green grannies. Yeah, they rule.
1: Yeah. So stuff like that. I mean, you know, it's that flora, that fauna is present uh, in every... Local council, I'm sure. So people should get more involved, just for the fun of it.
3: Oh, it's like it's a whole cast of characters. It's like a a, a telenovela, I think, for for some people who read along at home. You know, people have no connection to this place. That there's this rich cast of characters and all these, you know, petty boardroom tyrants and personal beefs and like, you know, the we have a, a towing commission and like a small, you know, there's 60 boards and commissions in the city of Charlottesville. Our city government is is vast and the the wow. you know the bureaucracy is is deep and murky. But you know, the towing commission has a, a t- towing um, industry representative on it. And I was thinking like, well, oh, that's so shady. Like he, he could be, you know, double dealing and, you know, sending <laughs> business his own way. But actually, I fucking love it. This guy, he, he owns a towing company that isn't the company that has the city contract. So he's all about like audits and reform oh, and yeah. like geez, rules because he's just trying to fuck over a competitor. And yeah. I, I live for this shit. I love it.
1: That's right. If you like Game of Thrones, you're going to love local politics. <laughs> it's, uh, true. Yeah. it's true. It's true. But there's been like court cases basically since the original Unite the Right rally. So even if you're not following, you know, like local Charlottesville stuff. You could pretty much just be like watching this TV show nonstop these days. I mean, for someone who hasn't been following closely, can you give us like just a quick overview of the developments since I'll say <laughs> like end 2019? I know this is very, very open ended question. So
3: I'll preface this by saying like, I am not a lawyer. I studied German in college, much to my parents' chagrin. You know, it's a super yeah. marketable skill, especially since I don't even speak German anymore. But, uh, you know, so I've been, I've spent the last two and a half years following what is feeling like an endless stream of court cases. You know, at first it was just the criminal cases. Um, Richard Preston, the Klan wizard who fired his gun at Corey Long while screaming, die, N-word, he's in jail. (laughs) Alex Ramos, Daniel Borden, Jacob Goodwin are all in jail for assaulting DeAndre Harris. And obviously James Fields is in jail. And I covered all of these cases sort of from the very beginning to the end, from, you know, their pretrial motions all the way through their sentencing hearings. And those are all wrapped up, all the criminal cases for identified um individuals have been wrapped up. Um, there's some appeals ongoing and Fields is appealing his state conviction. And I know that sounds fucking insane. Like he did it. He admitted that he did it. Um, so I, I don't know how much like law talk people are interested in. But Fields was actually convicted by both the Commonwealth of Virginia and the federal government. He was. Um, wow. Charged in two different jurisdictions, and so the state case went to trial, and he was convicted. But he pleaded guilty to the federal charges, which was 29 counts, including um, including hate yeah. crime charges. So he's appealing the state conviction, and I think the rationale there is um, he may be eligible for compassionate release when he's very, very old. Right. So if he can get the state charges appealed or, or lessened in some way, it, yeah. it's possible that he could get out when he's like 70 years old. I, I doubt it.
1: Because the state charges, uh, they agreed to plead guilty in that case in exchange for not uh, for taking the chair off the table. Right. Basically this saying he won't, he won't he yeah, won't die. Yeah. so He was um,
3: convicted by the state. Uh, but the federal uh, the federal hate crime murder was a capital charge. And right. so he pleaded guilty um, to the federal government in exchange for not being executed. Right. So they get all these criminal cases and those were, you know, those were a, f- a fascinating drama because a lot of these guys couldn't get good lawyers. So if you've been following along at home, you may be familiar with Elmer Woodard, who it's, um, imagine if like foghorn leghorn were a Klansman and also a country lawyer. Oh my God. <laughs> he, he is a, a real treat. So, you know, he represented some of these guys. And so it was just this, you know, it, it's, Traumatic and horrifying. Like the, what, what these cases represent, what they, what they came out of is awful, but it, it is this stupid soap opera. Uh, at Richard Preston's sentencing hearing, he brought um, Daryl Davis. He uh, is a de radicalization expert who claims to have gotten like 200 Klansmen out of the movement or something. And forgive my skepticism. You know, he put this guy on the stand and he showed the judge a scrapbook about their visit to the African American History Museum. And in all the pictures, Preston is still wearing like a uh, a uh, Confederate flag do rag, like, like, like <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, I think, yeah. Leave that at home, you Just, know. Just like show yeah. the
3: judge your fucking scrapbook. Yeah,
1: they can't help it. Uh, and and of course, although it is incredibly stupid, uh, anybody who looks into this and covers it, it receives a massive amount of harassment. And you obviously have not been spared. um You know, all the people you you cover and organize against. Uh, are are aggressive and petty and vindictive in general, it seems like. And there was a guy called uh, Daniel McMahon uh, known as Jack Corbin, that recent development surrounding him. Could you tell us about that?
3: Oh, Jack, 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 Jack. So Jack Corbin, um, his real name is Daniel McMahon, was a Florida man who lived with his parents. Um, he is in federal custody now. So Jack first came into sort of, I guess, I wouldn't say prominence, but he became known online in the wake of Unite the Right. He did not attend. He was still, he was um, home at his parents' house. Um, But he circulated this list that he sort of took credit for. It was a list of like 800 some names of people who attended Unite the Right on. On the good side, um, this list was scraped from Twitter data from an event. So these were just like people who live in the area who RSVP'd. And then there were some sort of manual additions to the list of like prominent anti fascists and just like right. random people. And so he took credit for this list and he was, you know, had this reputation as a master doxer. Um, and he was just a one man harassment machine. And he was, um, you know, exposing people's personal information that he had scraped from other sources. Um, and he was a big fan of my work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Jack and I um, exchanged uh, verbal blows for God like two years before he finally got arrested for election interference of all things, right? Uh, which is a federal crime. So um, a local, a local person was running had announced a run for city council. Um, he's a, a black church deacon. Um, had announced that he was running for city council, and Jack posted that you know you, you know you, you better drop out of this race or else like I'll use diversity of tactics against you. It was like encouraging people to to harass and harm him, right? Which is a crime. Um, so he was arrested in God September, and that I'm really looking forward to that trial. I'm yeah. I'm gonna love that it stings a little bit that people who harass me keep getting arrested for harassing other people. Yeah. But uh, but I'll, t- I'll take what I can get.
1: So is this Jack Corbin related to the other uh, noted anti-Semite Jeremy Corbin?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is Corbin with an I. Ah,
1: yeah. copy yeah, that. Yeah, uh, So you, you recently attended a, like a Second Amendment rally in Richmond uh, that, you know, was, I guess, went off mostly peacefully and then in the aftermath... Some sort of information leaked about a planned attack on your specific group of protesters. Can you can you tell us what happened there?
3: That was uh, it was a sort of a surreal day. You know, I urged people to stay away because of the potential for mass violence. And I, you know, as peacefully as it went, I don't regret that. I still think it was the right choice. Um, obviously, we knew days ahead of the rally that those members of the base had been arrested for planning a mass shooting. Uh, But honestly, even more likely than another cell of the base committing an act of violence was just that one of these fucking idiots would drop his gun and it would go off in the crowd and everyone would panic. You know, it's just like it was not a good environment. You know, they got a lot of credit from the mainstream media for it being peaceful. But that was that was pure luck. It was pure luck that there was no violence. There were no shortage of people there looking for violence. There were Proud Boys. I saw a guy in a. um you know, kitted out like he was about to go patrol around Fallujah, but he had on his bulletproof vest a uh, a badge that said slash K. You know, the weapons board on Four Chan. Right. Like. I,
1: I also I also saw uh, I saw one person who had a rifle. They were propping up barrel first with their with their toes, like on their boot, uh, uh, and then I saw someone else who had tied her AK her assault rifle to uh, her dog.
3: And, you know, I think Robert Evans took some photos of, um, like, a guy who had his shotgun in the uh, water bottle holder on the side of his backpack. (laughs) Like, that's not a hydro flask. Uh,
1: God damn it, man. I mean, you'd think the barrier for entry is not, like, you know, having an Amazon account and knowing how to order. I don't. Jesus Christ.
3: You know, in in line for the porta-potties. Like, BCDL paid to have these porta-potties set up in the streets. And so there's all these... All these dudes like kitted out in their battle gear, yeah. waiting in line with the porta potty, like handing their assault rifles to their buddy to hold it while they piss. That's and they're right. just sweeping the crowd with the barrels.
1: Oh, beautiful stuff. And then you have Alex Jones driving by on a tank, just with a megaphone screaming. Yeah. Branded oh,
3: with like Infowars. Just a great I've, event. I've never run so fast in my life than when I heard that he was a few blocks away. I, I ran <laughs> ran to see that tank. I loved it. I, yeah. I loved every second of it. You know, it's 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 surreal to like to be in this this situation where like you know, I have an armed bodyguard so that I can post safely. And it's just these it's just twenty-two thousand people. The streets are full of just morons with guns. And you, you know, you could sort of acknowledge to yourself, maybe I'll die. Like I left a will with my dog sitter. But everything is so absurd and over the top that it was. It was like some kind of carnival. Yeah. I mean, I saw a couple QAnon flags. Not not a ton. You know, I stopped to take a picture of a guy with a Q flag and this um you know, this guy in his battle gear behind me, this this battle boomer, stopped me while I was taking the picture and he said, What what flag is that? And I said, Oh it's it's qanon he said oh you know I'm, I'm i'm getting a little older i don't i don't
1: oh man getting out of touch don't even know about q what kind of nazi what kind of neo-nazi are you oh god speaking of uh you know, famous neo Nazis, Christopher Cantwell was arrested on Thursday, the 23rd of January. Now, the arrest was linked to threats made by Cantwell in an attempt to <laughs> dox another neo Nazi he was feuding with. This is a guy who has harassed uh, you and others in your community for years, and he finally got busted for fucking with another Nazi. Now, one of the messages he sent through Telegram, the chat app stated, quote, so if you don't want me to come and fuck your wife in front of your kids, then you should make yourself scarce. Give me Vic. It's your only out. Vic uh, is a reference to Vic Mackey, which is a pseudonym used by the rival neo-Nazi in question. It's pretty ironic that this was like finally what did him in, um, you know, basically threatening to harm another violent right wing extremist. Now, Molly, you have been threatened by this person. You've been following this. Like, what what does this mean?
3: <laughs> you know, like I said, it stings a little bit that this like obviously they've been monitoring his chats because he was arrested for something he said in his chats. Since so like some federal agent saw him try to take out a hit on me, to try, he tried to solicit my murder.
1: Jesus, whoa, whoa, whoa on the dark web or?
3: No, no, in Telegram, like in a wow. Telegram okay. chat. But this yeah. is what he gets arrested for. Like that stings a little bit. Like yes. that hurts my feelings a little bit. FBI. That's yeah. right. But I, but I get it. I get it. Um, so, Listen,
1: Fred Hampton is uh, dead, and uh, the, anybody who's at the head of the KKK may go down for taxes in their you know old uh, old age. It's just normal. Yeah,
3: that's it. it's a three sided fight. I get it. It hurts my feelings, but I'm 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 am gonna be okay. But uh, so the the guy that he was threatening was a. Um, a guy named Cheddar Main, um, and his real name should be coming out shortly. <laughs> Cheddar Man. <But>, uh, <laughs> Cheddar Main, Yeah. What, what does that
2: is do? that? Is that one of those uh, things <laughs> where you come up with a ridiculous name to seem like not intimidating? It's like a oh, judo no, it's move. A Cheddar Man. It's a it's a cheese beard.
1: Oh.
3: Well, I think it's I think it's a reference to um Cheddar Man, the um the like archaeological find in a British bog. Wow. Oh. So Speculation that, that like there were like people with African features living in 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 England tens of thousands of years ago. It's I don't know. It's a, some sort of convoluted racist thing. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he, you know, he was under the impression that Cheddar was um, in possession of Vic Mackey's real identity. Honestly, I doubt Cheddar knows. Mackey's real identity, but he was extorting him, which unfortunately is a federal felony that carries a twenty-year sentence. Ouch! And so, you know, he he also told Cheddar, you know, if you don't give me Vic's docs, I'll call CPS, I'll send Child Protective Services these pictures of you using drugs. Yeah. And he posted all those pictures of Cheddar using drugs. So, um, great. He, he appears to have followed through on that, which will make the um, extortion. Prosecution pretty easy since he did follow up and yeah. extract consequences on this man. So that kind of sucks. I'm thinking uh,
1: we 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 do Nuremberg again, but we only prosecute them for being mean to each other in the camps.
3: <laughs> well, this this is the culmination of a year-long feud between Cantwell and the Bull Patrol. You know, the Bull Patrol are these um these these guys that worship Dylan Roof because he had that bull cut. Oh my god, uh, the bull patrol? <laughs> Yeah, so they had have, they have this podcast called The Bullcast, and originally it was hosted on Chris's website. So these bullboys had admin access to ChristopherCantwell.com so they could post their, their podcast. Uh, and then early last year, they played a prank on Chris where they like published a bunch of like gross shit on his website, and he overreacted. He got really mad, and then he threatened them, and then they spent months exchanging blows, like deplatforming each other, getting each other's websites taken down, getting each other's podcasts taken down, Um. He had to stop doing his podcast for a while because they were prank calling him so much. It was making him so mad he couldn't podcast. Oh, my God. Uh, Oh, God. He's just getting increasingly mad. He started using again. Like, he was, like, addled on his podcast and couldn't, like, make sentences. Uh, They really, they really... um...
1: The Bull Patrol does sound like just a podcast about smoking weed.
3: (laughs) Unfortunately, it was a podcast with a recurring segment where they would um, discuss their fantasies about raping me to death. So it's not Uh, like a... uh, What?
1: They had, like, an intro song for that segment? Like, what the fuck... You know what? Sometimes podcasting is bad.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's not not great. Um not a great show, wouldn't recommend. But they had to stop <laughs> doing it cuz um they kept deplatforming each other. Wow. So, uh, you know, as as much as it hurts my feelings that the feds chose to prosecute this particular offense, I think this could be uh pretty fascinating because of the the way that they they chose to prosecute this charge. This is going to involve subpoenaing a lot of people who don't want to be subpoenaed. So, mm-hmm. I think it will be a fascinating play for me anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, we will be following along, and there that's not the only story that we have our eye on. There's the story of an ICE detention center captain who was recently fired because Vice News discovered more than 130 messages he posted to Iron March, which is a neo Nazi website. They kicked off with quote I look forward to learning more about fascism and interacting with like-minded comrades. And, uh, <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> right? And then progressed towards, quote, anyone complicit in the destruction of my culture, religion, way of life, and nation is counted amongst my enemies. Now, he was also quite the conspiracy theorist. He said, quote, my biggest economic issue is getting rid of the Judaic globalist banksters. And then he elsewhere uh, said, quote, God used the white race in Europe to build Western civilization. So, He went quiet around 2014, that's when he was placed on the Special Operations Response Team, I guess he got too busy to uh, do posting. Uh, At that time, he assisted the supervision of like 14 or 15 different staff members, 300 U.S. uh, marshal inmates and 800 ICE detainees. He then returned uh, to the forums in April of 2015. And surprise, surprise, his views had not changed at all. He uh, followed this by working at an ICE detention center in California and then another one in Nevada where he, uh, you know, kind of was shift supervisor and then was promoted to captain. So he is now fired after all this stuff surfaced, but it begs the question, if you create these kinds of jobs, who do you expect will rise to fill them? I wanted to get some of your insight on this.
3: Yeah, I mean, guys like this, it's, um, yeah, you know, hashtag not all prison guards, I guess. But like, did you see that photo a couple months ago of that entire class of people who had just finished whatever training program there is to become a, a corrections officer in West Virginia? And they were all giving a Hitler salute? Listen, it's
1: just funny memes, funny posting. Just
3: Just, it's just just memes, right? Uh, You know, it's. Jesus
1: Christ, man! I mean, imagine getting everyone on board. There's not one person in the class who's like, I don't know, guys.
3: (laughs) Roman salute seems like a bad
1: look. And take a picture of it. Just Mm. keep your hand down. I mean, just one person, not none of them. They're all like, this is hilarious.
2: At least keep the Nazism like off camera you know yeah. it's like it's like they're just bad bad up well, they, they can't
3: help it you know, everything everything's a fucking meme with these guys it's all yeah. you know it's shit boosting IRL until you're shooting up a Walmart so
1: you know I, I guess that's kind of a survey more, more of like an incidental survey of uh, you know, m- events in like the the modern you know American neo-nazi landscape but like what do you what do you think if you were to give us a broader picture of where we're heading and uh, what some of these developments might mean? you know what what in your opinion are the threats uh, that that uh, that we should be keeping an eye on
3: oh jesus uh you know this this recent round of arrests is is interesting to me it shows that at least someone in the FBI is interested in wrapping up some of these cases you know the, the i don't know how much you guys talked about those um those base investigations earlier in the show but they had a, not just an informant you know not just a snitch not just surveillance not just intelligence they had an undercover agent join the base and go to their terrorist training camp so they you know it had a demonstrated long-term interest in infiltrating and taking down this group, and which is, um, you know, not a directive coming directly out of the Justice Department. You know, the the federal government has not voiced a lot of concern about violent white extremism, but it's it is interesting to see this this rash of arrests all of a sudden. You know, obviously, maybe they created the base in the first place. That's still up for debate, but at least they're taking an interest in destroying it. Um,
1: right. Yeah. yeah. And yet of course you know you still have uh, cases like the ice uh, ice captain who is using a kind of systemic position that is not even remotely on the FBI radar as an issue right I mean you have people like Cantwell who are just not smart enough to get that insider job that allows them to do uh, fascism legally essentially uh, you know I mean <laughs> I'm just wondering like does that transition just continue and and I mean uh, I have big questions around what the FBI is 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 doing right now around this stuff, other than pulling out, putting out bulletins and doing these kind of small incidental arrests. Um, but I, I guess uh, I guess we'll have to find out when they fucking decide to release some of those documents or whatever. Like you know, 20 or 30 years from now, we'll find out what actually fucking happened. Just like with Cointelpro. Co- Co- Intel Pro, anyways.
3: That's optimistic of you to assume we'll uh, we'll be around to find out in 30 years. But you're right. Like you know, you can dismantle, you know two small terror cells of three guys, but if you have thousands of ICE detention camp guards who are, you know, privately Nazis, what do do you do about that? I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's a hard one. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Where can people follow you on Twitter, Molly?
3: I'm at Socialist Dog Mom. It's uh, maybe not the name I would have chosen if I knew I would be uh, my job, but it's what it is.
1: (laughs) And would you like to plug anything else?
3: Yeah, go to your local city council meetings. Uh, Become a thorn in their side.
1: That's right. Go find out who your green grannies are. It's
3: free entertainment.
1: Wonderful. Well, thanks so much again for joining us, Molly. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. If you're in the L.A. area, we are doing a live show super soon on Saturday, February 8th of 2020. That'll be in L.A. Go grab tickets uh, at tickets.qanonanonymous.com. We look forward to seeing you there. You can go to merch.qanonanonymous.com for that. and for community, discord.qanonanonymous.com.
0: Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy. Yeah, it's fact. And now, today's Auto-Q. Crying, Crying Nazi. Nazi. And I don't I don't know what to do. I've emailed Stephen Tenney of the Keene Police Department. Sorry. I have emailed Stephen Tenney of the King Police Department. He's one of the cops who came there. Uh, <clears throat> he's one of the cops who saved my ass when I had to pull my gun in Keene. And I emailed him and I said, I don't know what to do, I need guidance. Um, I want to be peaceful, I want to be law abiding. Okay, that was the whole entire point of this. And I'm watching CNN talk about this as violent white nationalist protests. We have done everything in our power to keep this peaceful, you know? I know we talk a lot of shit on the internet, right? But like, literally, Jason Kessler applied for a permit like months ago for this, okay? When they yanked our permit, we went to the ACLU and we went to court and we won! We've been coordinating with law enforcement the entire time. Every step of the way, we've tried to do the right thing. And they just won't stop.